Hello and welcome to a deep and meaningful conversation. You are listening to Anthony Brown. Here we are. It's a Sunday morning in London town. I hope everyone out there is doing good. I hope everyone's appreciating their lives and understanding that, you know, life is short and we need to encapsulate as many experiences as possible and observe those experiences and try to understand why we're having these experiences because there are no accidents in life every experience is a part of a big journey which has a purpose in shaping your soul and preparing your soul for the next journey when you die And I think that a lot of people have been tricked into believing that the purpose of life is to focus on the external world and just completely ignore the inner world and forget that they have a soul that came here with a purpose and a journey to fulfill And to gain skills and to sharpen their soul and to correct certain imperfections. As it says in the, I mean, I'm not a religious person, but I do recall that the Quran talks about perfecting imperfections. And... Yes, this this ties into this understanding that you are here to, like a um, a blacksmith who essentially is molding their sword. This is what you're doing on Earth. You are molding your soul. And the experiences you have is what molds your inner self. Now, if your only focus is obtaining external things, you actually achieve nothing. And when you leave this planet, you don't have anything to take with you. Because those material things, they just stay on earth when you leave so I think that's where we've all been tricked we've been tricked to focus on the external world so we don't take any experiences or we don't take any lessons with us and we don't evolve as a being and move on to the next dimension the next world as a stronger soul This could lead to a recycling of the soul, a reincarnation, as the Hindus put it, back onto earth to then repeat the same lessons that we need to overcome to move onto the next level. And this is the thing, 
I don't know who's tricked us into believing that life is about obtaining external objects to the extent that we ignore our inner world. I don't know how that came about. I don't know at what point in history we became focused so heavily on the external world. But I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that have done a, that have done a lot of research as to why that happened. But if I look at the ancient cultures, and if I look at the ancient Egyptians, they, their perception of the soul is, and if I read a quote, a person's soul was thought to be immortal, an eternal being whose stay on earth was only one part of a much larger and grander journey. From this quote, which was taken from um, the website is www.ancient.eu and it's an article based on the Egyptian afterlife. On this quote, it, sh it highlights the fact that the Egyptians had a deep understanding of the purpose of life. <clears throat> Pardon me. And he understood that the inner journey and the experiences we have echo in eternity because they had an understanding or a concept or an idea that the soul was an eternal being which is a part of a larger grander journey you see so this journey here on earth is temporary and we're moving on to another place after not to mean that we should only focus on the afterlife but it means that we're going to be very conscious of our decisions on earth because they have an impact on where we're going next but a lot of people don't think about that and a lot of people believe that that's just some nonsense and it's just some made-up religious theory which doesn't really have any truth or doesn't really represent the true nature of life so in that sense some people just believe that life is just this temporary experience to just enjoy as many external things as possible because we're going to die anyway and we only live once when you have this notion that you only live once it can either enable you to appreciate every moment and try to be the best person or it can make you be very careless and pessimistic and heartless towards your fellow human being because at the end of the day who cares i'm gonna die anyway so what's the point this can be your mindset and it's a very dangerous mindset to take on but if you believe all your actions have an impact on your soul and that you're going somewhere else 
you're going to become more conscious of your actions. And that's the thing. I don't think people are conscious of their actions. They don't believe they even have a conscience. They don't believe there's a sort of inner understanding of what is right and what is wrong. And that your soul needs to experience life and needs to try to change the errors or the mistakes that we've made. But if you don't believe you're making any mistakes and you just believe that life is just this, you know, random experience, you're not going to have this awareness. Now, they also say, when I say they, the ancient Egyptians also say that this eternal journey did not end in death, but in everlasting joy. One was born on earth through the benevolence of the gods and the deities known as the seven Hathors, who decreed one's fate after birth. The soul then went on to live as good a life as it could in the body, in the body it had been given for a time. When death came, it was only a transition to one realm where if one was justified by the gods, one would live, sorry, if one was justified by the gods, one would live eternally in a paradise known as the field of reeds. The field of reeds was called the field of offerings, known as the Egyptians, known to the Egyptians as the Agru, a mirror image of one's life on earth. So that being said, however you conducted yourself here is going to reflect the life you live when you pass away. And it says the aim of every ancient Egyptian was to make that life worth living eternally. And as far as the records indicate, they did their very best at that. Now, that quote is from the same website, the ancient.eu, and it's an article published by Joshua J. Mark. Now, this, this theory from the ancient Egyptians does focus on an everlasting place where your life is lived in reflection of the life you lived on earth but this place is an everlasting place it doesn't it doesn't sound like a place that you continually move on from life to death to life to death it's just that if you get it right now the next place is going to be an eternal place and this is where you're going to be forever that's their theory and based on that they 
try their best, as the quote said, to live a moral life. And if I go over to Asia now and look at some of their theories, in particular the Hindus from India, and there's a quote here, and it says Hinduism believes in the rebirth and reincarnation of souls. The souls are immortal and imperishable. A soul is part of a jiva, the limited being, who is subject to the impurities of attachment, delusion, and the laws of karma. Death is therefore not a great calamity, not an end of all, but a natural process in the existence of jiva, a being, a separate entity, a resting period during which it recuperates, resembles its resources, adjusts its course and returns again to the earth to continue its journey. In Hinduism, unless a soul is liberated, neither life nor afterlife are permanent. They are both part of a grand illusion. So, Hindus believe that the soul is imperishable and it is eternal in the same way the Egyptians believe the soul is eternal. But where they differ is the Hindus believe this whole experience is a, is a grand illusion. And that the soul simply returns to earth to continue its journey. So the earth is a, is, a, is a ground, is a kind of training ground, a place for humans and physical beings. It's a place for spirits to experience physical life. And this is where spirits are able to express themselves in a form and then go back into the eternal and rest for a moment and come back so that's 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 their notion unlike you know in comparison to the Egyptians where you know you have this experience here and then you go on to another eternal place based on how you lived here There is something I missed out though with the Egyptians. I missed out the fact that they have a concept that when the soul dies, it is judged by Anubis. And Anubis is supposed to be one of the gods who judges the soul and who balances the heart of that being on a scale against the feather of truth. And if the soul is heavier than the feather of truth, the soul is then destroyed and fails to move on to the next dimension 
because it lived a life of errors and it didn't actually strive to perfect itself like it says in the Quran, striving to perfect yourself. It didn't actually attempt to live a, I would say, live a moral life. It just carried on. Well, it just basically lived a life more in, more based on deception rather than truth and that's what this is about i think i'm trying to i'm complicating it too much but it you know if you basically if you basically lived a life more in deception more in lies you will die your soul will be perished according according to the according to the egyptians whereas if you lived a life more in truth then you were allowed to move on to the next dimension. Now, imagine this was true. Look at the state of the world now. And even if I look at my own life, based on that truth, some of the things that I've done in my life might warrant my soul being perished. It depends because it also needs to be un needs to be understood that there's a possibility that through your own reflection and then changing your behavior and because this is what happened. This is what I think. The reason why sometimes you have a similar experience. So say, for example, you have, you, you, you know, you mistreated somebody. And then you have another experience similar to the experience that, to the experience of when you mistreated somebody, which gives you an opportunity to redeem yourself and treat that other person in a better way than you treat the first person. This is where I think these higher forces give the soul an opportunity to correct their behavior and to live more in truth. And we have to remember it's an account of how you lived from birth to death so although that i said i could be destroyed i don't know that's that's just my you know maybe that's just fear but anyway what i'm trying to say is that the judgment is based on the whole life so if somebody strives to redeem themselves by changing their behavior and correcting the mistakes they made when the new experiences arise 
which give them the opportunity to then change and that's what it's about but if you then if you are given if the higher forces give you an opportunity to change by giving you a similar experience that you had before in your life where you mistreated somebody or where you you know failed to to you know to be a good person if you then fail it again i don't know how many chances you get to you know to correct the errors you have in life but anyway that's not the point the point i'm trying to make is that this is what the ancient egyptians believed anyway you know they believed your life has a purpose and how you conduct yourself on earth based on whether you lived in truth or deception is the scales that judge you momentarily and on the judgment day at the end the final account of your life is weighed up so if somebody was then just just like i said earlier on if somebody only focuses on obtaining external things and not actually trying to treat people well trying to live a a justified life a fair life and trying to be a moral human being if they don't if they disregard all of this because they believe that their only purpose in life is to obtain as much objects as possible where is that going to lead them you know where is that going to lead them and this is essentially the city mentality the western mindset is to focus on becoming a successful person by obtaining material without the focus of being a moral human being why because you can be a moral human being and obtain material but in general the focus is by most people to disregard morality and to focus on success now everybody doesn't have this you know binary concept of what success is and what spirituality is in the sense that there are there are people who are conscious of their behavior and 
they obtain material, which, which is fine. But I don't think the majority think that way, because through my experience, I've just realised that when you only think about success, you shut yourself out from other people. And now think that the only purpose that you have is just to achieve your goals. Now, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think this is the right way to live. I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's the, it's the correct way to live. You know, from my, from my understanding. And... When I think about trying to be successful and when I've listened to motivational speakers, I gotta to think to myself, why am I listening to this and why am I trying to become a successful human being? And what is a successful human being anyway? Who gave me that notion that I'm not already successful? Where does this come where where does this idea come from that I need to be something else other than myself in order to be happy. Why, why, why am I not just happy and content with who I am and striving to be a moral human being? And that's the thing, when I, when I reflect on my life and I reflect on myself and my behavior, I have got to the point where I am more concerned about being a moral human being and trying to be truthful to the best of my ability. And for me, if I think about success, I only think about being happy to the extent of doing a vocation and doing a job that I love and earning a living based on that. I don't think about getting a mansion and driving a Ferrari by any means necessary. No, I just think, okay, for me, success is doing a job I love. That's it. And staying true to myself. For me that that's 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 what success is to me, you know. Not this onslaught of a long list of goals which then leads people to then ignore their fellow human being and only be interested in their fellow human being once they've obtained those those goals because once 
once somebody's, you know, they got the Ferrari and they've got the big house, I think that that's when they want to be around you. I think that's when they, because now their ego has now been satisfied. They think, okay, I want everyone else to see and witness my success. And I want everyone to to see this on a continuous basis. Whereas when they're in the process of trying to achieve this, some people don't want to know you. They don't want you to be around them. Now, this is this is the behavior that I'm trying to address, you know, because you can you can drive the most expensive car in the world if you want to and still be a moral human being. If your actions are based on truth, but then somebody might say, well, there are there is a kind of limit to moral behavior and the the you know the obtaining of material things and there's a line that you cross where you have to be immoral to get certain material objects but I, I don't necessarily believe that I think you can still be a moral human being and treat others with respect and do the right thing by your fellow human and be doing a job that you love or be running a business that you enjoy and love and still being a moral person I'm addressing the people that think that it's okay to ignore everybody else and mistreat everybody else until they get the possessions that they are striving to get That's the kind of life I've avoided and that I don't think that is right. You know, there is another, there is another concept of life after death that I looked at. But I haven't got the reference, but I'm going to read it anyway. I mean, I found this online and it's based on the Aboriginal belief system or their understanding of the afterlife rather. And they say, it says in this quote, the Aboriginals believed in a place called the land of the dead. This place was commonly defined as being in the sky world. This was supposedly where a deceased person's soul went as long as as long as certain rituals were carried out during their life and at their death, they are thought to then be allowed to enter the land of the dead. Other places it could go were a place called Braugu, or it could become one with a, well, one with a particular site like Uluru, for example. This explains why the Aboriginals are very protective of sites they call sacred. As it is all that is left of a dead member of theirs. Like Catholics, the Aboriginals believed in resurrection. 
in this case beings that one by one spirits are being sorry hold on one second in this case being that one by one spirits are being resurrected into living beings back in australia it is because of this that they believe that life is a never-ending cycle you are born you die you are born again you see in the aboriginal understanding of the afterlife there is still a process of initiation into the land of the dead because it says if it says then to be allowed to be entered they are thought to then be allowed to enter the land of the dead as long as certain rituals were carried out during their life and at their death hmm see i don't know what type of rituals they were referring to in a person's life which had to be achieved but there was still an understanding that certain activities have to take place within one's life in order to move on to a next level but i'd have to really understand what rituals they were talking about in order to fully grasp their understanding of the afterlife but from what i've taken in this quote it's similar to the hinduism the hindu concept of reincarnation because it says that you just come back to earth you die you come back it's just is it's a never ending cycle whereas the egyptians don't believe it's a never <coughs> the egyptians don't talk about it being a never ending cycle from what i've gathered it's you know it's you you live once and if you get it correct if you if you live a life a moral life a truthful life you move on and your afterlife reflects that you know moral morality that you lived and you live in a kind of eternal heaven so to speak you know which is their understanding of what happens after death for me now after reading or after going through all those concepts my before i even read any of these you know these quotes on ancient cultures i had an understanding and inner knowing that life is temporary and your actions do have consequences and this is a form of it's a kind of spiritual bus stop earth is a spiritual bus stop and it's a temporal place and then we move on to another realm and we experience a different life with a different body but we don't always experience life within a body we experience life with the soul with the spirit that we have 
when we're vibrating on a less dense frequency when we're when we're pure soul when we are pure energy there are different realms that i would say that we just experience and we just express this pure energy which is inside us which we experience and express momentarily when we're in tune with ourselves or what i would say this we we experience momentarily when we are aware of ourselves because we are always expressing this inner divine being and divine energy but when we're, we're not always aware that we are expressing this divinity yeah so i mean i i just think that you know there does need to be more of a more of an effort to there needs to be more of an effort to reflect on one's own actions and an understanding that those actions have consequences because one soul is on a journey and you know you could be forced to relive the same life in a different body if you don't attempt to use the experience you should have as an opportunity to develop your soul you know that's that's where the evolution takes place if you don't use as if you don't use your life as an ex, as a as an opportunity to evolve then i think that you will reincarnate until you do use this life as an experience as an opportunity to evolve as a divine being because that is what we are you know i do believe that there is a higher force a higher intelligence known as god as some people refer to this force and i do myself i don't have an issue with that which did create all souls and gave each soul the opportunity to evolve through different life spans and travel into different dimensions after life and there is a there is a there is a scale i do think there is a kind of scale which nature is judging us on which determines where we're going after this life and we do realize we do experience a glimpse of this when we experience karma when we experience the effect of a bad deed or the effects of mistreating somebody and then we are mistreated that's the evidence that there is a higher force that is judging our actions and these actions do add up 
<clears throat> and lead to something at the end. Just taking a deep breath there, just to absorb all of the information that I've been sharing. Right, so I do think, you know, I've covered this topic to the best of my ability. I've expressed the ideas that I've wanted to express in this podcast. Um, thank you for listening. I hope you gained a deeper understanding of the concepts I was trying to express. And I hope you got something positive from this podcast. But at the same time, you know, if you didn't like it and it was complete trash to you, then I'm okay with that as well. So, thank you for listening again. And I look forward to speaking to everyone again. Take care.